This is Smoking Out the Closet. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, I'm Raven. I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Asmodeus. I use they, them pronouns. And welcome back to another episode of Smoking Out the Closet. For those of you who are new or just joining us, we are a queer podcast. Pun intended. It talks about cannabis. The LGBT community. And everything in between. And beyond. So welcome. Welcome. Well, we have been away for officially two weeks now. I think this is the longest break we've ever taken on our show. Um, And so before we get into the review of the strain you picked today. Yes. Um... I just want to kind of do a little background thing. Noise may sound a little weird as we're trying to get a proper location in the new house that we're in um, for recording. Currently, we're in our bedroom right now. Um, but that is also why we've taken two weeks off from recording, because we were moving. And we're still unpacking. Yeah. We had to find the microphone just shortly before recording this. Yeah. It was it was a little bit of a stressful time. But the weed helped. Absolutely. This is interesting. I will say that much. I've heard everybody raving about this, and I f- we finally got to pick up the Garcia handpicked. Uh, this is one of Strain's white labels. Um, they're holistic farms growers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the L.A. Baker strain, and I've heard this is the best out of the two, first two that came out. Well, now, as of recording this, there's another strain that just came out from them, and it's a hybrid. I can't remember what it is. But did you say what the white label was? Yeah, it's strain. No, you said the parent company. Yeah. You, you didn't say. Yeah, I did. I said Garcia handpicked. Oh, I didn't register that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said this is the we finally got to try the Garcia handpicked, which is a white label <laughs> from Strain. In case anyone else is just tuning in, we're gonna go over this. It's the Garcia handpicked, which is a white label from Strain, which is Holistic Farms. And this is, it's okay, because this is making me feel kind of all weird sorts of ways. And maybe if I listen to The Grateful Dead now, I'll get it. Because this is, I don't know, what we were doing. Do you want to talk about what happened on the way on to recording this? Yeah, sure. (laughs) So, do you want to go, let's go over the terpenes first. Let's do the the, uh, formal things. Mm -hmm. So, we are looking at, oh my gosh, this label's weird. Yeah. There's THCA. There we go. Okay, so THCA is 31.17%. Uh, and then we got CBG coming in at 0.28. CBGA at 2.18. Uh, CBCA at 0.26, which is something I rarely see. Uh, limonene at 0.554. Caryophylline at 0.257. Linalol at 0.259. Uh, myrcene actually at 0.441%. Um, everything else is like under 0.1%. But yeah, this is interesting. And it has Holistic a- farms. There we go. That's what it was. And it also, <clears throat> it also has a QR code to view test results and everything. So I thought that was kind of cool. There's a toll free number on here, which is interesting. I don't know if we want to put that out here, but they also have their customer service number on here. They have all their information on here, which is really cool. But they also have like, Jerry Garcia's guitar pick with his hand that's missing his middle, his mm-hmm. right hand that's missing his middle finger. Um, but yeah, no, maybe this is what they were smoking when they were writing the Grateful Dead stuff. Maybe now I'll get it. I don't know. We have another, I have another joint full of this. We have another joint full of this. So maybe mm-hmm. I actually will sit down and listen to some dead when I'm not at work. Cause one of my coworkers really likes the Grateful Dead. Yeah, some of my coworkers are really big and they're deadheads, and I'm just like, eh, never been my cup of tea. Fish has never been my cup of tea either. I'm not a huge jam band girl. I'm not a huge jam band person either, but like, I don't know. I think I like Fish maybe just a little bit more than like Grateful Dead. I like the some of the weird stuff too, like the weird improvisational psychedelic rock. Mm-hmm. But you have to be, you have to have drugs involved for something. There's something involved with that that i don't know this has a weird effect to it i wouldn't quite call it medical in my personal opinion because it's just a weird it's just a weird feeling i don't feel like it relieves a lot of my anxiety but it's definitely like it's definitely potent i will Mm. tell you that much it definitely reminds me of like what i would 
hear about tree weed. Yeah. Um, you know, it just kind of makes you giggly, you know, kind of, and that's all it is. Like this was specifically just making us giggly. Heck we were making, I don't know what we were doing as it was like a vocal stem or something, but we just did like this echo thing. Yeah. And I don't quite know who started it, whether it was me or you, but it was just like, we were talking in echoes, echoes, echoes. And it was weird, weird, weird. Kind of like this, this, this. But yeah, it was for like, I don't know how long we were doing it. A good five minutes at yeah. least. Um, what would you rate this? That's a great question. I don't know. I say it's pretty good. It is pretty. It, it does kind of live up to the hype. It does definitely make you giggly if you're looking for like that. I feel like it does have an older school feel, which is what they're trying to go for. Um, well, like a three and a half. Three and a half? Really? I thought you were going to vote higher four, on that one. I don't know. <sighs> four, maybe like. Well, no. Do you, you seriously think it's a three and a half? I, I like it a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's nice. Um, but I don't feel like this is something I'd go back to all the time. This would be like a, a special occasion, maybe kind of a thing. To be fair, we usually do also have uh, a joint a piece when we do a review, which we didn't do this time. Yeah. Because we were trying to speed through because I have to get up super early tomorrow for work. Yeah. So I am taking that into an account. So I'm giving I'm giving it um, at least a half percentage higher than I feel right now okay i feel like i'll do that as well i'll, I'll take it to a four because i feel like yeah definitely if i had had a little bit more um would last a little longer um definitely is nice and uplifting and giggly mm. uh but yeah like i said i don't know if it would be something that i would go for all the time also it does it does have a little bit of a it doesn't just have a little bit of a higher price point what what did you but what do we buy the save that uh that's what i that's part of the reason why i am actually not gonna have it as, as a four is the price point let me let me because strain right now is doing some really great stuff in the medical market in pa and this is their top of the line it's 50 for an eighth yeah so that's also why i'd be like but it's also no. prime level though. Not yeah. Like prime and Cresco right now. Heck Verano's uh essence line is forty five for an eight. So I mean it's kinda standard. Yeah. Honestly. It, I mean, it's the expensive strain flower. Probably because it's the label too, you know? Yeah. So you know, I was going to give it a 3.8, but with it being $50, it's not terrible. It's not great, but I mean, people go after Cresco quite a bit, and I definitely think this is better than some Cresco flower we've had. Oh, absolutely. The only thing I really feel like holds a candle to this is the Pineapple Express that I've had. With Cresco? With Cresco. Yeah. That's the best thing from Cresco, their flower-wise, that I have personally had. I And this, I think, kind of... I can't say it oversteps it because Pineapple Express is for a different thing, a different level, a different feeling, right? Yeah. But this is definitely like something I would probably try to I, get again. But the price is, like you said, a drawback. I, I'll give it a four out of five as well. Mostly just because I feel like I'm trying to compare it to Rhythms of White Durban. Because I know that was something I gave a 4.2 on. Yeah. And it's not quite as good as that. Yeah, no, I really like that White Durban too. But it was close, so I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. So this will be certified slaps, but just fucking barely certified slaps. Yeah. Um, it does need room for improvement, but to be fair, this is like one of the first batches that was outside of Liberty, which is Strain's uh, dispensary. Yeah. Um, and this was packaged 8-15-23. And we're doing this like almost a month later yeah um but i also have held this for at least three weeks so it was pretty fast to come into my store yeah after being cured um um but yeah um is there anything else you want to talk about this 
Hmm. I don't think so. I, other than I do want to kind of use the rest of it and see if my theory about the Grateful Dead works, <laughs> because I don't know, just because it's, it's Jerry Garcia. Like, come on, you gotta, you gotta listen. I don't know, you gotta listen to the dead. Um, do you want to talk about the move next or some of the news stuff that's happened over the last two weeks? Oh, there's so much. I feel like I wanted to record last week. I'm not going to lie. Cause there was a lot going on news wise, but I know we were still in the middle of move wise. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about move wise and then we'll go into news. Okay. I do want to be short with the move stuff. Cause there is a lot of news to get to. Um, so not disclosing where we moved to or where we moved from. Um, but we are now in a different part of the Pittsburgh area. Yes. Um, we are officially in a house with our partner who's, uh, been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. It's nice. I like this house. I never thought I would like being in a row house. But it is very nice. It's very cozy. It has like it has high ceilings. It has personality. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was built in like nineteen oh five. Yeah, the the area we live in is relatively young for the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. Um. Also, we were super worried about our neighbors because we're going from an apartment complex which has a little bit more amenity to a street. Like houses on a street like neighborhood situation yeah like small suburbs yeah um and it was very nice to realize that both of our neighbors also use weed we are in good company and we fit we just fit in we fit well you know and i don't i like this place it's just we have central air, which is so nice. Oh my goodness. Because oh, I didn't even think of that. It's going to be last, picked up on the microphone. Uh, it'll be okay. But the <laughs> last, I can't barely hear it, honestly. It's very quiet. Because I think they just installed this not that long ago. Um, gosh, that old place got so uncomfortable to sleep in when it was so hot out here. Mm-hmm. And it's been what, like, still as hot. Yeah, we've hit 100 at least one of the days while we were here. And like, you wouldn't be able to tell being inside. It's so quiet, too. Like, you close the door, you can't hear anything outside. Mm-hmm. Can't hear the neighbors, either. The only time you might hear is, like, the neighbor's dogs is when you're in the living room. Or barely the when you have the window open, the lawnmower going. Yeah. But, no, it's been nice. All the na- all the people were nice. Everybody's so in. nice. Everyone was, like, making sure that we knew when trash day was and, you know, offering help if we needed it. Yeah. It's very much, during this entire move, I had Mr. Rogers' neighborhood theme playing in my head. Because, well, I don't know if everyone knows this, but Mr. Rogers was from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, like, his neighborhood was based on the neighborhood he grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, and I feel like where we live now, while it's not Squirrel Hill, I think, is where he grew up. Mm-hmm. It is very kind of similar to that area. Very quiet. Not full of the hustle bustle from the city, but like a good tram ride or tr- it's not really a trolley, but like the tram or the little train uh, ride into downtown. It's like f- 15 minutes, I think. I, I would say 20 if everyone's got to get off at all the stops. Yeah. Like they stop at every stop. Um, That's so much fun. I love riding the trolley. It's fun doing it high. I'm not yeah, going to lie. It's so much fun. I love doing it high. Um, is there anything else you want to add about the house before we get into news stuff? No, I don't think so. I okay. just hope we can get our, we'll get our studio situation figured out yeah. and set up. And I don't mind doing it in our bedroom. I it honestly just, don't either. It's a little awkward, but we're kind of sitting on our bed instead of a couch, but it doesn't squeak when I move. Yeah. It's going to be a lot quieter. Yeah. So I'll see how the audio is. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so in news, um, the first thing that happened while we were moving was, uh, so earlier, I think it was like late last year or 
another 20, somewhere between 20, late 2021 to early 2023. I can't fully remember right now. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, the administration, asked the Department of Health and Human Services, the HHS, and the DEA to look at potentially re uh, scheduling or descheduling cannabis in the United States on the federal level. Well, really dumb, but I um, can't remember what day it was now, but at 4.20 in the afternoon, the head of the Department of Health and Human Services announced that they are sending a recommendation to the DEA to make cannabis schedule three. At four twenty in the afternoon, he knew what he was doing. He knew, but that's the thing; he's not taking this serious. You <laughs> no, know that, yeah. And he's just trying to like, oh, stoners like four twenty. Here, let me let me try doing that without any contacts, like the freaking MSOs and all the you know that come in and just being chads. Yeah. So there's a lot of people, including John Fetterman here in PA who, you know, has been trying to get cannabis federally legal, thinking that this is a good move. It's not. No. It is not a great move. And so here, here's the thing. The question is, will the way states are going because of the, the amendment, uh, the, the bill that the executive order that Obama put in, which is basically allowing medical states or, and recreational states act the way they're doing mm-hmm. without any federal inter- intervention. This is where the question comes in. Will the uh, dispensaries stay the way they are and be able to get tax write-offs and make it easier for like small businesses to come up? Because that's a big thing because of 280E or 238E. I can't remember the IRS tax form, but it's basically... The tax form for if you're selling illicit drugs that you still have to put your taxes on. Cannabis companies can't do that. They have to file that form so they can't get tax write-offs. Yeah. Um, so that comes the question. Uh, I want to say it's 238, 238E. Um, now I think about it. Anyway, um, will they still be able to do that? be able to do tax write-offs, small businesses are able to come up and make it a lot easier and everything to get started and stay there. Because that's the issue with social equity is these people will get the permits and the licensing and everything but can't stay afloat because they can't, they have to pay all these taxes and they can't get any like way to lower it. Yeah. And that's what's killing them. Um, Because... That's a big question, first off. Second of all, and I think we had an episode before where we talked about can how cannabis is scheduled, and we went over the scheduling, if I recall correctly. But a little refresher, cannabis is currently in Schedule 1. But I'm going to go through all of them. I'm just going to talk about 1 and 3 right now. So 1 is heroin, LSD, cannabis, and... Something else. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. It's not K2, is it? No. I think it's peyote. I don't even know what that is. It's another plant that's hallucinogenic. Interesting. Um, But I definitely know it's on the same level as heroin and LSD. Which heroin makes sense. Cannabis and LSD? Mm, that seemed like it was politically motivated, Nixon mm-hmm. and Reagan. Um, but then you have Schedule 3, which keep in mind, cannabis is worse than cocaine, methamphetamine. Methamphetamine, I think, is 3. No, 2. I think methamphetamine is Schedule 2. Makes no sense. Um, I think... Like Vicodin and um, Xanax and all that is Schedule 4 and 5. Yeah, which are way more addictive. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, so Schedule 3 is ketamine, um, testosterone, um, quote-unquote cocaine-based Adderall. Yeah. Um, like, that. that's still... 
you know, the things that hit that are very similar to cocaine. Um, and something else I can't remember off the top of my head. But basically, that's where Schedule 3 would be, which will allow it to be federally legal, but still a super controlled substance. Okay, grow your own. Everything's going to be going through a pharmacy now. You have to show your ID. It's going to be treated like when you go and get uh, decongestants from Sudafed. the pharmacy. Like, Sudafed, yeah, that shit. That's stuff that's behind the counter. Like, it's not going to be what everyone wants it to be. And wants it to be a free and full thing. Now, my personal opinion, and I've said this before, I want it to be on the same level as tomatoes. Yes. Just go out to the grocery store and get some. But I know they're not going to do that. So I'm kind of like, I will begrudgingly a little bit, but accept controlled substance level two. Mm-hmm. Which me and my boss were talking about this a little bit the other day. And that's how I found out this level. So a CS2 or controlled substance number two is not a scheduled drug. It's totally descheduled, but it's still a controlled substance. It's basically alcohol and tobacco. Yeah. That's what these things are. And, you know, that makes sense. I'm okay with that, you know. Because, you know, inhalation of smoke can cause some issues still. It still kind of messes with the brain a little. And brain development. So just age restrict it. And, you know, fine. Okay, cool. I understand. Put it in the same level as alcohol and tobacco. Cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah. If there's, like, or even lower than those two. Like, still control it, but not as strict. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would be okay with that. And please retain the medical system. Yes, yes. please retain the medical system. But <clears throat> yeah, it's schedule three is not a good thing. No, and there are so many people out there in the business that are celebrating this or cheering about it. And no, it is it's not good. And also the fact that if it would go into schedule three. There would be no more bud tenders. Mm-hmm. It would have to be all pharmacy technicians. And you better best believe that none of these MSOs that are in Pennsylvania are going to pay for all of these bud tenders to get pharmacy technician licenses. Which means they're going to close. Yeah. Or they're just going to have mass layoffs and try to hire, like outsource, mm-hmm. and see if they can find people to do it cheaper than it would be to train and hire these people. Which is a terrifying thought. Yeah. But then there's also the thing of the DEA. So this is this is all hypothetical based on if the DEA takes what the HS, HHS says and runs with it. And I've also heard that they have actually just then said nope before. This is this yes. has happened before. So all of this that we're talking about right now is hypothetical. They have presented this before and they've just said, no, nah, we're not interested. So that might happen again. But mm-hmm. What it seems like in the political world is it's not likely because there needs to be some sort of movement. Mm-hmm. And also, here's the other thing, too, is the DEA could even just say their own research. This is hopeful, wishful, 100% wishful thinking. The DEA could be like, you know, let's make it lower. Because they could say that. They could. Yeah, they could. Is it going to happen? Probably not with the way that, you know, the DEA is currently running operations and everything. They're still very full of that reefer madness prohibition mentality. Yeah, unfortunately. And so was a lot of the HHS. So I think this was more of a begrudgingly them seeing the information being like, okay, yeah, I guess there is some medical benefits. We'll just schedule three. I'll just band-aid solution it. Yeah. Put a band-aid on a fucking cannonball wound and here's given to the cannabis world and here's the thing too that like i want to bring up joe biden has the executive power to make an exec like the presidential power to make an executive order reversing pretty much what nixon did he can do that i can understand not him him kind of waiting till a little bit now because a lot of the house and the senate was very republican leading and they just need two-thirds votes to basically say no Mm. Now that we're getting a little more democratic leading, he could probably do it. He just won't. And the biggest thing is, a lot of people forget, Joe Biden is the reason why we have minimal sentencing with cannabis. Joe Biden was the one that was also helping Reagan make a lot of these anti-cannabis laws. 
and you know wishful thinking he's learned yeah but i really don't think it is i think it's more just so he can get votes and shit i don't think he really has changed so because we're how far into his presidency and he was talking about it and what has he done Mm-hmm. actually and that's the thing that like irks me a little too you know yeah god don't even get me started with the student loan shit that one's more of a headache with lawsuits in oh the Supreme God. Court. That that one is I won't throw on him, but I will say while we're talking about Joe Biden, someone did bring up on TikTok recently that Joe Biden is the most successful Republican we've had in years, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, he, you're right. Yeah, because everything he's doing is pretty much. The big thing is what Republicans were saying 10, 15 years ago that they wanted to do. He's pretty much doing what Mitt Romney wanted. Yeah. And freaking John McCain. He's hitting the borders harder with, like, drug stuff. You know, he's making a lot of cutbacks and everything. Like, And then a lot of people think, like, oh, he's a Democrat. Yeah, but he's very central on the political spectrum. He's very, like... Republican but Democrat on paper kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? You know the great thing was, and I think this weed's kind of making me a little more of an activist right now. Um, Terry <laughs> Garcia. Um, it would also help if we had term limits because some of these people in office don't even know what they're voting for anymore. And the fact that someone has come out and said that uh, there's a lot of the people in our government that are on dementia medications. That should be a disqualification for Mm -hmm. public office. You cannot, you need to be of sound mind for these. Don't, isn't that in the paperwork of like, when you sign up for these political offices, you need to be of sound mind. Yeah. Dementia medication does not prove to me that you have a sound mind at all. It, it's it, there's an amendment where you can be um, basically kicked out if you're found to not have like a sound mind, uh, but it has to be voted on. It has to go through a committee and everything. And if everyone's buddy buddy, it's not gonna work. That's bullshit. Yeah, that but, should just be like an override button. Well, checks and balances. Yeah. Um, make sure everything comes out. Yeah, that's the thing is like it's it's not how it's working like it should either though. Yeah, the whole system's corrupt. But I don't know. That that I I will say like the whole HHS thing. Do I think it's gonna go anywhere? No. But it's not a good solution. It's really not, and. I hate to burst anyone's bubble who is celebrating it and thinking, yeah, schedule three. No, we want it. No, no schedule. We want to schedule yeah. zero. Like, none on the scheduling at all. Because, worst case, we're going to end up like Ohio or Canada. I have had told patients about this, and they have no idea. And I need to just... It, listen, you need to listen to the podcast. You need to talk to... Write to who do we write to? Who can we, how your can con- we make sure? No, your local officials, your, your congressperson, your senator, basically state, state level up. Spam everybody. Just do a copy and paste email of saying, we don't want this. We want it descheduled. And you can literally just change the name of who you're sending letters to and everything. And then just send it to everybody. And that goes for anything. Gay rights, cannabis rights, you know, descheduling, legalizing it, whatever. Listen, I just sent a petition letter to get my student loans forgiven. Mm-hmm. Because this is taking too long with all the shit with the Supreme Court. <sighs> well, we're at that time. So it's time for the break. Time for the break.
Pretty in pink and purely wood pulp derived, Blazy Susan pink rolling papers and cones will add a pop of color to your next smoke sesh. Their classic pink papers are naturally dyed, vegan, GMO free, and food safe. They contain no amounts of heavy metals or pesticides unlike other paper producers. Care about what goes in your lungs with Blazy Susan papers and cones. Use promo code BGSOTC20 at checkout to get 20% off with your friends at Smoking Out the Closet. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $50 in the United States. And we are back. So I want to do this one real fast. Um, it's not oh super news, um, but it, so I frequent the PA medical uh, marijuana subreddit quite a lot. Um, and this one person uh, with the name of Topher Collinsafe, you uh, slash Topher Collinsafe, um, made this post uh, notes from a bud tender. I can't speak for all dispensaries in PA, but I worked at three retail fronts and two grower grow facilities over the last five years. And they kind of just go by basically like, here's pretty much everything that's standard in the industry. Um, oh, geez. Thanks going on my computer. Um, the expiration date in your card is almost insignificant. Uh, the day the card is printed is basically, we've talked about this before, is a week after you get your card most of the time because you usually have a continuous problem of why you're using cannabis. So they just want to make sure you get most out of your card. Yeah. Uh, every dispensary requires, uh, MPA, requires to show your card before entry. Usually there's a camera near the doorbell that turns on when you push a button and feeds into the bud tender uh, at the front desk. If a door doesn't open the first time, do not keep yanking. We are human beings with a reaction time much slower than the speed of light in your hand traveling that on the doorknob. <laughs> uh, you cannot leave the dispensary without paying for anything you order. This means even if you use points, there has to be some kind of cash total of at least a dollar. Yeah. Um, ATMs, are, if they are located in the dispensaries, are not properties of the dispensary. We are not responsible for the money dis distributed. Uh, yes, we still use fraud markers on them and return them to you if we discover they are to be counterfeit. Which that might have happened at their dispensary. It's never happened at mine, but it can happen technically. I've heard stories of it happening. Uh, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Why do people think that it's our, why do people think it's our ATM? I don't know. This also looks like it was updated a little bit. Uh, similarly, the debit system is also third party. However, issues with debit systems are usually not with the reader, but with your bank. Yes. If your card is denied, it is because your bank has figured out the workaround for dispensaries are able to take debit and has decided to shut it off on their end. This is due to a large uh, fact that banks deal with federal laws. Like cannabis is still federally illegal. As of 9-6-23, all debit is down across PA. That's not true. It's all the debit transactions that you give money back. If they are just immediately the same amount of pin total and a fee, that's still a workaround in some dispensaries. If or they active. don't have a fee, my, like some dispensaries mm -hmm. do not have a fee to use their debit machine. It goes as a debit transaction. Your bank has figured out that that is a dispensary mm -hmm. that is charging your debit card. That is why it is being blocked. The ones that still have the fee are working as ca as still technically as cash ATMs, ATMs, but you're not getting any money back. So it's not money laundering. Mm. Just full disclosure. Uh, the industry in PA is going through a lot. Retail and growth facility size, experiencing layoffs and everything. Uh, no post-secondary education is required in this field, i.e. no certification. There, you do need to cert get certified with a state, but that's usually when you get hired. So, yeah. But you don't need a degree or take any courses or go through a trade school or anything like that. Uh, swag. Believe it or not, it is very limited in the amount of brand name swags as dispensaries go in. Dispensary workers can't give swag except for promotional events like 420 or, or 710. But most of the time, either in events like the uh, cannabis festivals um, 
or like if you just contact the company like we did with Terrapin. Yeah. Sometimes they'll give you some swag. Um, but yeah, dispensaries in PA, we can't just give stickers and shit with the products like other states can. Uh, you might be buying weed. But I, of course, I'm just kind of taking chunks of what this person said and just kind of going through it real fast um, for time's sake. But um, definitely, I will put this in the show notes. Definitely keep an eye out on this and read the whole thing because it's a very interesting read. Yeah, I came across this while I was at work the other day. Um, you may be buying weed, but we're selling medicine. I, I like that one. Yes. Again, you may be buying weed, but we are selling medicine. Your item has to be properly labeled and leave with your uh, leave a DOH informational slip, closed bag, and receipt. Any dispensary that does not do this is breaking DOH regulation. If your label is wrong, a wrong name, wrong product, you need to reach back to the dispensary for proper uh, proper labeling or risk legal repercussions if pulled over. We've had a patient who had a label uh, from a different dispensary. It was just two products that they bought that same day. The labels got swapped on it, and the cops yanked him out of the car and hurt him. Now, he sued the state and won, um, luckily, because they were the cops were in the wrong. Yeah. Um, but that's still... Give them the little amount give them don't give them any footing to do anything to you um you are on camera the minute you come into the parking lot in some cases even before and after depending on the angles of the camera and uh size of the lot and everything especially the ones that are repurposed banks there's a couple of them across pa but the ones that are repurposed banks and um stuff that already had cameras set up that need a lot of them, they're going to have it all over in a lot of different spots, even worse than some of the regular dispensaries. Um, but yeah, you can get banned for doing shit wrong. Um, children 18 year younger are technically not allowed unless they are accompanied by their licensed caregiver. That one's kind of a gray area because technically, I, as far as I've read, there has been no DA, DOH rule against that it's just we can't have miners in certain locations i.e the vaults behind the sales floor wherever cannabis is but there also have been and they talk about there yeah. has been times where children have gotten into restricted areas mm -hmm. due to parent negligence so if you cannot supervise or distract your child while they are with you please don't bring them into yes. our dispensaries and in the same vein, they say here, your mom, husband, personal aid, home nurse, etc., cannot come in unless they hold a caregiver card themselves or are also a patient. Um, and then we understand that patients have physical disabilities and wheelchairs and everything. We're always happy to help, even me. I know some of my regulars, there's one guy in a wheelchair. He does not want us to hold the door for him. He, he, he'll let you down the first time very nicely. And then after that, he's going to yell at you. <laughs> He's like, no, I got it, I got it. I'm not totally disabled. I got it, I got it. He's very stubborn, I and I get it. I did it, especially after my brain injury. I get it. But you know, we still try helping him as best as we can. If you guys ever need a chair, don't hesitate to ask. We'll be more than happy to get you a chair or whatever yeah. to make it a more comfortable experience for you. And even if you're like. Hey, I need to sit down and you don't really feel comfortable in the wheelie chairs. We have like stable waiting chairs. I'll grab one of those. I don't care. I'll hold, I'll pick the whole thing up and bring it into the area. It doesn't belong and put it back when you're gone. Um, pets only licensed service animals are allowed. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that they brought this in because there is two questions per the ADA. Any, uh, facilities allowed to ask yeah. is if the animal is a service animal, and what service does it provide? We're not allowed to ask what any documentation. We're not allowed to ask um, basically like what the disability or anything it is. It just, is it a trained service animal? And what service does it provide? But you can't have your pet. You can't just have your regular dog or whatever on the floor unless it's an actual service animal. Now, people can lie. We can't really verify one way or the other, but those are per the ADA and service animals, uh, industry, like the, like the trainers and everything. Yeah. They even have it on their websites. That's what is allowed to be asked. 
um returns oh my god fucking returns oh, jesus now returns are very similar everywhere in the united states with cannabis it has to be approved by the company that you you bought it from not just like the dispensary the grower processor because there's so many steps that like when a flower is like when their seed and everything is grown that is assigned a number and then it, each step it transforms and it turn like when it transforms it gets a new number and that number has to be tracked it can't just disappear because technically it's tracked with you mm-hmm. if you buy the product it is set with this batch has been bought but like this batch this one of the eights of this batch has been bought by patient number whatever yeah and that is assumed to be gone when you use it if you return it that has to be approved by the doh brought back into the system but you sent into like a quarantine area and has to go back to the grower processor and most times to get properly disposed of which in most cases is just burned yeah um pricing has been an issue i will say and this person does go and i go to where the house brands are because usually they are cheaper yeah for most people um but also a lot of company we are actually i will say a lot of people give pa a lot of guff because like they're comparing it to colorado and california and the rest of the west coast for the east coast pa is pretty fucking cheap yeah honestly from everything i have seen and you have been traveled to and everything pa is cheap now could it be cheaper oh yeah but when you and me got into it and started this show, and even before when we first got into the medical program, it was way more expensive oh, by yeah. at least $30. It was crazy. I didn't buy flour for the longest time when I first got into the program because it was just so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, new patients, basically they're just forms. Every time you go into a dispensary, if it's not under the same license, they don't have the information, for even if it's from the same company. Uh, because of how licensing and the, everything works. So you may have to fill out a small form. Yeah. That's it. If it's your first time in a dispensary, it's going to be a little bit longer. But if it's like, oh, I went to X dispensary in Philly, and I just moved out to Pit- Pittsburgh, and I'm visiting the same company, nine times out of ten, that license isn't going to be the same. Yeah. So you're going to have to fill out a small form. Um... DOH has uh, strict rules with both swag and informational material. This means in a lot of cases, the information on like terpenes, flower brands, and everything can't leave our stores. Um, it's something we hate it too. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. Because <coughs> everything that is patient-facing has to be approved by the DOH. It's like posters, pictures, paintings, everything. Even the display products have to be approved by the DOH. Now, some companies go a little more ham with this, and they will, um, (coughs) sorry, will go through all the procedures. Some companies will just basically, like, look, we're probably not going to get it. Let's just get the, you know, what we can that we know we can, and then try some more of the stuff. (coughs) Um... Believe it or not, dispensaries are secret shopped and audited by their own corporation and the DOH. We are not being sticklers for the rules because we want to. We legally have to. If a bud tender violates DOH code, that hurts the store and the individual employee. Enough mistakes can and will bar an employee from working in the industry again. That is true. Like, like take an example, uh, the trochies that are starting to pop up in... Um, PA. Yes, they are very gummy-like. We can't say gummies. And when I try telling patients that all the time. Like, look, they're not gummies. They're not made with gelatin. Trochies are technically lozenges. Excuse me. Lozenges with medicine in them. We can't. Because, like, if... And I tell patients this, too. If someone in DOH is here and heard you say that, we can get shut down for the day. You couldn't pick up your products. Mm. It'll be a whole, it'll be to the nine, just a headache. Also, while I have a quick glance over, um, speaking of trochies, I forgot about this. My tree just released 50 milligram trochies. Oh my goodness. Uh, it was previously capped at 10 milligrams, which some companies like Verano were doing. 
and I think G Leaf also had 10 milligrams. Yeah. And now Mitri got approval for 50 milligrams, so everyone's probably going to go up higher now. Oh my goodness. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm going to take half a one of those. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm probably not going to touch those ones at all. Uh, this is your thing. Do you want to do it on your phone or on the computer? It's not on the computer. I can't remember what this is. I find so many things during just my random scrolling at work. And oh, I can't move the mouse far oh, enough. Well, here. It's fine. I'll just use your leg. As a mouse pad. Okay. So I found this article from Marijuana Moment. Uh, new Jersey reg- regulators announced new marijuana delivery, wholesaler, and distributor license with social equity businesses for the first to be able to apply one second uh new jersey medical marijuana regular new jersey marijuana <laughs> regulators have announced that they will begin accepting applications later this month for three additional license types including cannabis delivery services that's cool yeah some other states already have cannabis delivery service that are rec and it's super freaking cool uh, the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission uh, said that applications for wholesalers, distributors, distributors, and delivery services will first open exclusively to social equity businesses starting September 27th. Uh, the process will then open up to diversely owned businesses on December 27th, and then they will be available to all prospective applicants beginning March 27th. I love this staggered start. I do too, but here here's my issue, and hopefully... Um, I don't know what social equity system New Jersey has, but I recently learned that's been causing an issue with, um, New York and why everything's getting delayed so far back because somebody has been causing infighting. There's been a lot of infighting. So there was supposed to be social equity and basically someone whispered in the disabled veteran group's ears saying, you guys should be first. You did all this. You should be one of the first ones, not these folks. And it caused a lot of infighting and caused uh, this disabled veteran group to sue and just basically kibosh the entire thing. Good grief. So hopefully, knock on wood, New Jersey so far has been pretty good about it. But I would definitely like, like hopefully this won't be a repeat. But yeah. also, I don't remember what New Jersey's social equity program is. I'm going to assume it's people of color. You know, those have been affected by the war on drugs and everything the most and racial yeah. diversity. Uh, but then it said diversity program. So I'm like, is that like LGBT groups after that? Which that's fine. But like, where does disabled veterans go come into play? Because those are usually in social equity programs as well. Yeah. And then women owned businesses. I'm guessing that'll be diversity as well. Yeah, I would assume so. So anybody who's not a wasp. Yeah. A wasp. A white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I mean, that's right. <laughs> I keep forgetting that's the thing. Or okay. if you want, oh, what's the newer updated one? There's White ass shitty there. person. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the whole cis white straight male, if you're not one of those. Uh, let's see here. It goes on to say, uh, we're committed to fostering inclusivity, empowering local communities, and providing opportunities for those typically underrepresented who want to enter the cannabis industry. Um, the and the New Jersey CRC chair, Diana Huyun, Huyun, that is an interesting last name. Uh, oh, you know. Pass. I'm not even going to I am so sorry. They will also be hosting a webinar on September 14th to help walk people through the new licensing types and the application process. That's good. So two days after this episode's posted. Yeah. Sweet. We'll also be putting this link to the article, which has a link to the webinar in it if you guys want to read more about that. They said the licensing development makes uh, particular sense with the state now on the cusp of 50 operational cannabis retailers. It'll help New Jersey market best serve consumers better. Absolutely. And help, uh, hopefully help diversity and small businesses. And that'll be cool. Next time we go to visit New Jersey, we can just get weed delivered to us. Mm -hmm. PA take notes. (laughs) Um, okay. And then this last thing uh, that's happened is I, this is what I've been loving about, um, the PA medical marijuana subreddit. Uh, specifically this doctor who I think is a certifying uh, physician in mm-hmm. the program, uh, Jen Minkovich. 
Minkovich. Minkovich, yeah. Um, who highlights legal stuff going on. Um, so on 9-6-23, the PA Medical Marijuana Advisory Board had a meeting. And I've already heard some shit about this at work. Like someone came out and go, so you have syrups now and are pretty much just sugar and cannabis. You have trochies, which are pretty much almost gummies. Yeah. What the fuck? Why do we not have edibles in this state? And they're like, no, those aren't edibles. Those aren't edibles. They're different. Those aren't edibles. No edibles. Um, the DOH Office of Medical Marijuana will begin publishing aggregated data or data sets of program metrics on the medicalmarijuana.pa.gov website uh, under program data. Currently, all of this is available uh, available there are the program metric slides from previous board meetings but more info will be available going forward uh the department of revenue informed the office of Mar medical marijuana and the mmj organizations that as of september 1st 2023 all medical marijuana accessories devices slash paraphernalia are subject to sales and use tax uh which has been kind of confusing for a lot of patients coming in and everything and i literally been warning everybody for the first few weeks literally the first day after i learned this was a thing and you told me i've been telling everybody hey sales tax on batteries sales tax on batteries if it's not got weed in it it's got sales tax mm -hmm. um, non-medicated items have sales tax mm -hmm. no weed taxed mm -hmm. um this change will impact the industry and patients permittees uh were coached on the change and point of sales logistics uh please know that yeah, basically what we said. If it's got weed in it, it's no taxed. But you would think that they would fix their program to get their tax uh, money that they want from the state. But guess what they didn't do? They didn't fix it. They didn't fix MJ, which any, everyone hopefully in the program knows that MJ is the system that the Pennsylvania uh, <coughs> Department of Medical Marijuana requires us to use to log all those numbers we were talking about earlier to track all that weed, to say where it goes. But yet they didn't fix it to get the money that they wanted from us from the non-medicated items. Um, current metrics, see slides below, which we'll go into. Um, discussion on edibles. Um, patient advocate Diana Briggs led yet another discussion on the topic of adding prepared food edibles on the list of approved consumption method in our program. She also raised with the board the fact that trochies were pretty darn close to being <laughs> gummies or candies yeah. and are already approved uh, for sale by the DOH and are being sold safely in childproof containers and packaging that is not attractive to the children. Um, trochies are lozenge or gummy type tablets. That's a little misleading. They're not gummies. I hate when people say they're gummies. They're not. It's fucking Pesitin. It's not gummies. Soft Ricola is made with Pesitin. I wouldn't call those fucking things gummies either. No. Different consistency. Uh, but they are meant to be held in the mouth and absorbed sublingually or bucalic. Bucally? Bucally. Uh, given that adding edibles would not be a far stretch from what they already are. Yeah. I mean, true. Very true. Despite her unwavering persistence and efforts to be a voice of logic and reason on this top topic, her proposal to make a formal recommendation to legislator to add prepared food edibles to our program was voted down six uh, six abstentions. So no's? No, they oh, refused. Abstained. Six people, they abstained. Three okay. did not vote and two voted no, yes. No, see, that's where I, I was reading wrong. Because like it says no votes, making it look like they abstained. So it's six people didn't vote. Three people said no. Two people said yes. Okay. That's oh, where I was getting goodness. confused because the way it was yeah. written was weird. Uh, notably, one board member... Uh, append that from the perspective of law enforcement we are concerned that if we approve edibles they will get into the wrong hands and they will get into the children's hands you literally just said in the argument did you not listen that they are now being put into packaging that is not being appealing to children we are not having this problem mm -hmm. also people can legally make their own edibles here in pa so your argument here is invalid because if grandma makes her special brownies and the kids don't know it guess what they're going to eat it. Yeah. Um, let's see how much time do we have left. Okay. Uh, the vote on the research committee's uh, subcommittee's proposal to allow processors to remediate flour with solvent-based methods 
research presentation was given a topic by a representative from organic remedies at a previous meeting. This is kind of sketch. Uh, was postponed to the next board meeting since some of the board members had lingering questions. The plan is to set up a meeting with organic remedies to get further clarification prior to the next vote. So what this means is basically if the flower does not pass for whatever reason, too much metal, too much pesticides, usually is why they don't fucking pass here in PA. Yeah. Organic remedies wants to basically be like, well, what we can do is we can put it in some alcohol to kill the stuff and it'll be safe then to consume. No, no don't fucking no, use no, it, you no. jagoffs. So, yeah, not super happy with organic remedies on that Ugh, one. Yikes. Um, Guys, we're doing so good. Right. Uh, a motion was made by the Regulatory Review Subcommittee to allow doctors of pediatric medicine or podiatrists to be eligible to approve practitioners to be approved practitioners in our program, but they would be strictly limited to certifying patients with the qualification of severe chronic pain. They would not be able to certify patients for any other reason since their medical scope of practice is very limiting. The motion was passed with nine yeses, one no, and one abstaining. A formal report slash recommendation will be subjected to uh, required legislators, and the Secretary of Health uh, will then have one year to approve it. Um, one note, uh, things weren't mentioned at this meeting. There was no updates on phase three of the medical marijuana program, which is very disappointing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it seems like phase three with the funds, like the pretty much like, uh, weed stamps card, yeah. it's still only for seniors, which is fine. I don't mind that, but please let's get us for like some of the folks who are very low income. Yes, please. Um, type of home grow comes up frequently. Uh, it's not within the preview of the medical advisory board. Um, their preview is described by Act 16. They cannot promulgate regulations outside the preview. Homegrown is a legislative master, which pretty much means senators and rep, uh, congressmen must uh, do that. <coughs> um, so there was the agenda. Okay, so... From the beginning to uh, July 23, let's, let's, let me look at the time. Okay, I got a little bit. Um, Run through some numbers real quick. There have been over, we're not going to give the exact numbers, but over 9,000 patients and caregivers have been registered in the state program. And that's 900. 900,000, sorry. Uh, thank you. Um, for over 400,000 active patient cert certifications. Uh, almost over 1,800 approved practitioners, 34.4 million patients, uh, patient dispensing events, um, uh, 97.8 million products dispensed, $8 billion in total sales, uh, 4.9 billion by dispensaries, 3.1 billion by grower processors to dispensaries, and 178 dispensaries are in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, sorry, our cats are just kind of getting used to everything and moving around. Um, my spot. So it looks like we, on average, hit about monthly dispensary sales. Um, we're going around $120 million every month. Holy cow. Um, and it's slowly going up. Okay, this is just, uh, let's see. Price of wholesale for dry leaf pricing and wholesale going down. Nice. Uh, this is just more agenda stuff. Okay. So, yeah, that's pretty much the medical committee and everything. That's all we had, though. Any notes you want to give about that before we leave for today's episode? I don't know why we couldn't have gotten an update on the medical marijuana assistance program. On the M map, I don't. I just don't think it's on their. It's not on their prerogative for some reason, which is very sad. Yeah. Because they already approved everything. Why are they dragging their fucking feet on it? Yeah. But then again, it's PA. Look how long it took them to fucking get anywhere with unemployment with COVID. Anything to do with the state and the state of Pennsylvania takes for fucking ever. They I always mean, drag their feet. That's a government, though. Everything takes forever with any sort Listen, of government. I was a ward of the state for the longest time. Anything I ever wanted to do, I had to get approval through them. If I wanted to go out of the state, if I wanted to like. Yeah, it was, it was, it took for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we missed you guys. I missed doing this. I missed it too. It's and... nice to be back. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm losing my voice. Same. But hopefully, um, this will be shouldn't have <coughs> any issues going forward. We'll get back into the swing of things here. We will. So once again, my name is Raven. I use she, her pronouns. I'm Esmodius. I use they, them pronouns. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.